This episode is brought to you by TBS. It's October, and that means the MLB postseason is back on TBS. You can watch the biggest and brightest in the American League take the field and battle it out for a spot in the World Series. There will be crazy hits and clutch performances, jaw-dropping action from the Division Series on October 11th, and, of course, you have to watch the crowning of the next American League champion. Catch the best of the MLB postseason all month long on TBS. heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, hockey, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Sunday, March 7th, Ian Cameron, and a special guest joining me today, uh, Pete. You can follow him on Twitter, Ice Kings. Uh, Pete, you can give me the exact Twitter uh, handle that you've got, but uh, we decided we bring some special guests on the show. Uh, Alex may not be uh, available today. Jimmy, of course, uh, on the weekends, it's difficult for him uh, to join us, but he'll be back tomorrow. So we said, let's bring in a special guest. Of course, we had Ryan McDonald earlier. We'll have him on again a couple of times, but trying to go around the horn, uh, good people on Twitter uh, when it comes to NHL betting and NHL handicapping, and Pete's one of them. Uh, Ice Kings on Twitter, make sure you follow him. Uh, welcome in, Pete. I'll give you a chance to kind of introduce yourself and talk about your uh, background a little bit. For sure. So the Twitter handle is actually uh, Ice King Bets, and um, so yeah, that's the exact Twitter handle that you're looking for. And then, yeah, my background is I've actually been, uh, this is probably like my um, fifth year. This is actually like my fifth year uh, betting on NHL. I actually back tested a lot of the stuff that I was doing for a couple of years, just kind of betting on my own before I went public and went on Twitter because I wanted to make sure like the process that I kind of had in store was, uh, you know, solid enough to, you know, show like, you know, tell my place to an audience and, and all those things. So um, I've been now running this account for uh, three years. The first year we had like hardly anybody. I started on like Reddit and I was like posting uh, my plays um, on Reddit and then got a decent following. And then last year we really picked it up. And then this year it's been uh, pretty crazy. So um, third year now running this account and it's it's been uh, been really, really good. Um, and kind of the approach that I take is all kind of how you how you talked about it. I'm using a lot of analytics. I'm using a lot of advanced stats. Um, I pretty much use, uh, I use Corsi expected goals, high danger chances for, um, and this is all like five on five score adjusted. And, you know, I, I, I use a little bit of special teams data as well. And then, uh, started incorporating, I used to believe I was on like the goalies or voodoo train for the first few years. And now I've like kind of gone totally like a 360 from that. And I started kind of incorporating a lot of goalie data. And what I'm using is, uh, goal saved above expected. So I'm pretty much just using all of the, um, you know, advanced metrics terms that, you know, some people, you know, really, really enjoy. And some people are, are more on the on the eye test stuff with hockey still. And, you know, I, I like to keep a, a decent balance, but uh, most of I mean, the majority of my plays and the justification of them comes from just uh primarily just the advanced metrics that I'm kind of giving all separate weights. Uh, expected goals is like the, the main thing. Um, but then uh, I'm also like weighing, weighing Corsi pretty heavily as well into that. 
All right. Good stuff. Uh, gr a great approach. And you're right. That's the great thing about betting and handicapping. There's people that can get profits and good results over the long run and everybody uses a different way of going about it, you know, uh, and that's what makes it uh, uh, great to, because there's never one way, one method uh, to use uh, when it comes to uh, profiting uh, in betting. There's no question. All right. We've got a game that's about to start. Right. I laughed yesterday. <laughs> I laughed my ass off when I heard that NBC is promoting the hell out of this hockey day in America. <laughs> This is going to be such an epic day and Sabres and Islanders right after they said an epic day. And it all starts with the Sabres. And that's when I have to like kind of chuckle and say yeah. epic day. And then the first word out of that after that statement is the Sabres. <laughs> but here we are. Uh, Sabres and Islanders. This one about to get underway. Uh, Islanders minus 220 uh, favorites here at home. Five and a half. The total is the third meeting in a row between these two teams. I am not involved in this game. Uh, from a betting perspective at all. It looks like it'll be Jonas Johansson uh, in net for the Sabres against Ilya Sorokin for the Islanders. Buffalo is one of those teams, and I'll relate it to a little bit of their advanced stats. Their advanced stats aren't terrible, you know, in a lot yeah. of aspects. But there's going to be these teams where they're getting the chances, and a lot of times they got the better high-danger chances. They're getting the expected goal margin to go in their favor in these games. But yeah. guess what? They're not scoring enough. They're not capitalizing on their chances, and their goaltending is so bad oh, it can't overcome you know the fact that some of their metrics and underlying numbers look good that's kind of what you're seeing with buffalo carter hutton's no good i mean I, that's how much i mean i don't know how many times i have to say this he's not good he's been terrible again this year it's a big reason why they're struggling and losing games left and right uh, you can't stop a beach ball half the time another rough day for him yesterday uh you know Jonas johansson i think you got to give the guy more rope with lena Solmark injured see what he's got um i can't buffalo's toxic Kevin Adams basically calls the team out, the general manager. It's unacceptable. And they basically come out and play the same way yesterday. Another, Actually, they had a good first period, but they couldn't sustain it for 60 minutes. I don't know. Maybe you go first period if you like Buffalo at all, which I don't. But other than that, I'm not involved. And to me, the value on the Islanders really isn't much. So it's a pass for me. Pete, what do you think here? Sabres, um, Islanders. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. Uh, my pricing on this is actually closer to like Islanders minus 240 which is ridiculous because I normally don't get that crazy high with my number but I just don't feel like I'm downgrading the Sabres enough for you know how how poorly they've performed I just want you know I don't want any part of weighing a big number when we have a low total in general so you're probably expecting kind of lower goals which is going to be um, you know it's going to be a lot closer to like 50-50 more, more than that when you have like a lower total where, where like when you have a higher total, you're expecting more goals. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm totally on the same page as you. I think the Islanders are rightfully a big favorite, but it's it's really hard to back a team that, you know, they, their offense isn't that great in general. So you just, you're just banking on the Sabres just continuing this poor play. And it's just not a game that I don't trust the Sabres at all right now. And I wouldn't, yeah, like like you said, with the goaltending, as soon as, um, as soon as like they all they had with with their goaltending injuries, like I just had to, you know, I had to pass and just kind of downgrade them pretty significantly because, like you said, their goaltending is just is just so bad, and I think they need to kind of try something else. Yeah, and if you saw a hockey night in Canada, Elliot Friedman last night was saying everything's on the table for Buffalo at the trade deadline. Like every player it is open. Be. They're open for discussion on everybody. I think yeah. even Jack Eichel is on the on the, the trading block at this point. They'll, they'll listen at least yeah. to offers from other general managers about mm -hmm. him. This looks like this is going to be the ultimate take an axe, uh, take the hatchet, and just just destroy it, yep. rip it up, uh, and start anew. It looks like that that could be on the horizon right now. Right. Uh, for this Buffalo Sabres team. And uh, it's hard to blame them uh, because right now uh, there's something that needs to change intrinsically uh, with this team at the moment. Uh, next game, uh, this is also a hockey day in America game uh, on NBC, Tampa Bay and Chicago. Boy, we've been treated to some phenomenal hockey in the first two games between these two teams. I mean, back and forth, great pace. Uh, outs that overtime last the Friday night with these two teams. I don't know if I've seen a better three on three, five minute overtime. Oh, no. I've seen a lot of really good ones. That was sick. That was unbelievable. Like those were like two on ones, odd man rushes back and forth. Yeah. Outstanding oh, yeah. goal. Both, ending. The, both the overtimes were crazy. Uh, the first the, one was even even crazy. Like you had a couple posts for the Blackhawks and then Lightning winning with like 0.1 seconds. Yeah. It was wild. It was um, inc incredible chances. Uh, Malcolm Subban was outstanding, of course, in the game against uh, Tampa the other night. He's getting better. 
I mean, we got to stop talking like Subban can't stop any pucks anymore. That was that was then. This is now. He's playing a lot better right now. I don't know if he'll be back in net today for Chicago, but he did win. It'll be interesting to see where they go with the goaltending. Uh, it hasn't been confirmed who's in net yet in this game for the uh, Blackhawks. You would think it'll be it will be Vasilevsky for Tampa because they mm -hmm. played McElhaney uh, on Friday night. Uh, they came up short in that game, but we got Tampa Bay minus two ten road favorites five and a half the total Tampa off a loss is a very difficult proposition for me to uh, bet against this team just you know is very very good when they lose yeah. their previous game I would probably sense they'll be uh really re ready to step up today Vasilevsky back in net maybe Lankinen maybe Subban depends on where Jer Jeremy Colleton goes uh for his uh, goaltending in this game but you know we saw a 3-2 game. It stayed under the first game. It went over the second game. This total opened six. It went down to five and a half. And for me, I was on the over at Tampa Chicago uh, on Friday because of the goaltending matchup, specifically okay. McElhaney being in net. There were a lot of great chances in the first meeting that didn't necessarily go in uh, for the two teams. Uh, I think, that, and, and they went in the net a little bit better Friday night. So in this game, I would lean Tampa Bay uh, a little bit here. Uh, in uh, I would only look on the puck line uh, yeah. for greater value. Uh, I would lean a little bit to the over, but I don't feel good about it unless I know who's in net. And if it's Basilevsky, look, he's been excellent here for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I find they've been really playing good, sound defensive hockey in front of them. So, mm -hmm. you know, I might stay off the total, but I am interested in Tampa Bay on the puck line a little bit here uh, to bounce back after a real tough loss the other night against Chicago. What's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's it's another kind of pass for me. I think the line is pretty pretty accurate. I mean, one thing I'm I'm gonna say about Tampa Bay is I do think you know with Vasilevsky, like he's been arguably like the best. I mean, you could make an argument that he's like an MVP candidate the way he's been playing and like winning these games. And for a goaltender, it's I mean his stats are just better than I've ever seen. Um, but that there's another thing with that. It's like I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to keep up like that level of performance. So that's why I'm like I don't mind kind of looking at the over for for all of these games, just because you're looking at a few goalies that I would actually expect a little bit of regression from. You have the Blackhawks getting like absolutely phenomenal goaltending from you know two guys that were kind of question marks coming into the year, and then Vasilevsky. Obviously, you're getting like you know best goaltending we've ever seen. Um, so I would, I would kind of expect a little bit of regression in that regard. Um, and then, yeah, the other thing is just like, I'm not going to back. I don't like, I mean, I don't really like evaluate like Tampa after a loss. Like I don't kind of look at it that way, but, um, I I'm kind of expecting regression out of like Blackhawks as well. Like they're, they're playing kind of outlier good for how like their stats are right now. Um, so I would expect kind of the Blackhawks to maybe have like a little bit worse of a second half here and and um, lose some more games than, than we kind of expect just because, you know, I, I, I don't think anybody kind of expected the Blackhawks to be in the position that they are right now. Um, but, yeah, I, I, this game's kind of a pass for me. I think Tampa's been um, significantly better this year and better, even better lately. Um, but, I, like I said, I don't think Tampa is, like, the weird thing about them is their defense and their goaltending is carrying them this year. Like their goaltending is what's winning them games. Their offense isn't, I mean, it's, it's still really, really good, but it's not even close to the level it was at the last few years right now. Yeah. And of course they had uh, a couple guys that were in and out due to injury earlier. Of course, Kucherov out for the whole regular season. It's been pretty amazing too, that they've had these games where they put up five and they put up six yeah. uh, in a lot of games this year, you know, against Florida and Chicago and Nashville, although Nashville is not very good. Uh, but you, it's a situation where, uh, you know, Tampa's been able to at times find a ton of offense still, even without Kucherov. And again, when you got Point and you got Palat and you got Johnson and, and you've, you've still got plenty of Stamkos, of course, now finally uh, healthy, playing well again, uh, still a good power play. Their power play is very good, but there's no stationary players. The puck that doesn't stagnate in one area. Right. Uh, that's what makes a good power play. And that's why it's still dangerous to give the Lightning too many man advantage opportunities and they're still uh, doing a good job with that man advantage this year. Next up, we've got Florida and Carolina. This is another afternoon game, by the way, 5 p.m. Eastern. Carolina minus 140, uh, home favorites, total six, uh, shaded to the under here in this game. Uh, you do have a little bit of a, uh, a scheduling advantage, I guess you could say, for Carolina off yesterday, whereas Florida played uh, against Nashville and got the job done. Like I say, you bet against the Predators. Whenever they play a good team, you just cash your ticket. Uh, and it happened again yesterday. Uh, just a team, team that just hasn't been able to beat anybody good this year. I think we got to accept that Florida is pretty good. 
I mean, what they're doing. And you know what? You talk about them analytically. There's yeah. some good gaudy looking numbers for the Florida right. Panthers right now. Only mackerel. Yeah. I mean, I look at it. They're, uh, their, their, their goals, expected goals for 19.68, expected goals against 15.82, 55% expected goal for percentage. I mean, yeah. really impressive. They're, in fact, beating the Carolina team yeah, that they're, everybody, they're you know, and has been raving about how good their advanced numbers have been for years. And they're actually better than Carolina, you know, in a lot of those key categories right now. Mm -hmm. um, James Reimer in net, I, like I've said before on the pre previous editions of this show, I think the more he starts, the more he's exposed a little bit. He's not he's not playing as well as he did uh, when he first assumed got all those starts uh, in place of an injured Peter Morozik. Uh He's been splitting with Nedeljkovic. I think Nedeljkovic is kind of the better goalie long term. I think Nedeljkovic has been really strong uh, for Carolina. Uh, Reimer's numbers, you know, his win loss record is good, ten and three, but I don't think his his overall performance matches that they've scored a lot of goals carolina they've given him a lot of run support so to speak to use a baseball term i think that's helped reimer along uh for florida it's likely going to be chris uh, dreger uh, dreger in net here in this game because he got bobrovsky in yesterday it, it is a back-to-back -back. that's the one thing that worries me but i think it's a tight game i think it's a competitive game i think the draw is in play for an overtime game these teams play a lot of close games and from a side perspective if you're going to play just the straight money line i would lean florida at the plus price, even though they're on the back-to-back -back here. I like what they're doing. Their advanced numbers show there's nothing phony. There's nothing fraudulent, you know, about the start to the season they've had. Huberto's been excellent. Barkov's been excellent. Verhage, picking him up from Tampa Bay's been huge. And all their defensemen, Aaron Ekblad's been a tower of power, pillar of strength on the blue line. Keith Yandel's having a bounce-back season. I don't know if I've ever seen Keith Yandel play this well in a very long time. Yeah. Uh, their blue line's picked it up. And Bobrovsky struggled early. He's been better lately. And Drieger's been more than capable and solid enough. So I lean Florida, and I like the draw a little. I might sprinkle on both, draw and Florida here, as I think it's a close game. And I think the Panthers at least have a puncher's chance, better chance than where the price is right now. Yeah. What do you think here about this one? Yeah, uh, I actually locked in Florida uh, for a smaller play. So I go off a of unit scale. So I usually go from like one to five units on plays. Um, and I took the Panthers for one unit, just a smaller play. But just like you said, their advanced stats are better than Carolina. That's something that I never thought that I would say coming into the year just because, I mean, last year I was on Carolina a bunch and, and pri like prior years I was always on them a lot. But uh, right now Florida is just overall, uh, any way you want to look at it, they are uh, better than Carolina across the board. And I think they have a, a really, really solid uh, goaltending advantage in this matchup. If it wasn't for the wasn't for the back-to-back -back and, and, the, and the scheduling spot, it would be a larger play, um, but I did lock in uh, Florida around plus 120 this morning. Uh, I didn't get the best number. I saw it at plus 135 uh, super early, um, but that got bet down right away. Um, but yeah, like I said, Florida, like, like you're talking about, they're, they're better Corsi-wise, better expected goal-wise, better high-danger chances score-wise. And I'm really uh, not sold on, on Reimer either. I think he's uh, very sketchy back there. And um, I think Florida, like, really could be able to take advantage of that. And it just really just depends on the whole uh, rest thing, how they come out and, and skate. I mean, you know, Carolina might just have, you know, fresher legs and, you know, just beat them just based off of that. But, you know, metrically, it's it's kind of a game that you, you can't pass up because I, I'm, I'm lining it, like, right around as a total coin flip, like 50-50. And that's factoring in the rest factor. If it wasn't for that, I would actually uh, line Florida as a smaller favorite. Yeah, I mean, I think Florida is uh, is this. I'd have to look in that direction uh, with Florida here in this game, even with the back to back. That's the only ne negative. That's the only little concern I have. Tavo Teravainen, by the way, may not play as well for Carolina. Certainly, that'll be a hit to their uh, top six forward group for sure. Now we know they've had they, they've got lots up there. Uh, Andrei Svechnikov and Sebastian Ajo, Vincent Trocheck, former Florida Panther. Man, he's been excellent too for Carolina. So it, it's, it is two teams I like, and, and I've backed them a, a bunch of times, both of them. But I just think in this spot, Florida would be the way I would I would go in a competitive game, uh, and you get the price that's attached plus one twenty, plus one twenty five in that range right now. Uh, worth a shot on Florida. I would lean over as well, especially if with Reimer in. I think uh, I've been I've seen a lot of pace in these games with uh, Florida. Yeah, Brian Watson, you're you're also. Uh, thinking what I'm thinking in, in the chat there about the over in this game. I think it's got a good chance here, especially with Florida. The one thing is that yeah. with the back-to-back, -back, I could see the tired legs show up on defense usually, 
And when you're fatigued, it usually shows up in the brain as well. So you're sloppy with the puck. You make turnovers and miscues where you shouldn't in bad areas of the ice, which can lead to transition scoring opportunities for the other team. So I could see this game being a little sloppy at times getting over the total. So I agree with the over as well uh, in this one. Uh, New Jersey and Boston, we've got the Bruins, minus 260, minus 265. Uh, home favorites here, the total five and a half shaded to the under. You know, it's just one of those games where New, there's a bunch of these teams already right now where current form says it's difficult to back them. Buffalo, we talked about, and New Jersey right now. It's just a question of can is the price, you know, just too large on Boston where now there's enough value on New Jersey that you can actually take what's a very struggling, New uh, really struggling New Jersey team. I mean, offensively without Nico Heashier, their newly minted captain, I mean, early in the season, Kyle Palmieri and Pavel Zaka and, and Miles Wood, and they were getting some offensive contributions from a variety of different sources. And it was Nathan Bastian was getting on the scoreboard multiple games. But all of a sudden, you know, the secondary scoring has stopped, hasn't been there the last few games. And now without Heashier, the playmaking, his offensive capabilities aren't uh, there uh, with this hockey team at the moment. And as a result, they're just having a really difficult time generating offense and finding the back of the net right now. Uh, the Boston Bruins, maybe uh, it's it's tricky because part of me says they were in a malaise, they were playing some inconsistent hockey, and it's amazing how one cheap shot, one hit to the head by Tom Wilson on defenseman Brandon Carlo, suddenly wakes up Boston from their slumber because they that team was just dancing. The puck was dancing on their stick after that. They were making all these great passing yeah. plays, and they put the boots to Washington. On Friday night, as soon as that hit happened, and maybe it awakened the beast a little bit that is the Boston Bruins. Now, the question is, is that uh, after that emotional game where, you know, the, the hit to the head happens, they lose their key defenseman, Brandon Carlo, is that a little bit of an emotional hangover and a little bit of a flat spot following that game? Or can they ratchet it back up again against this uh, New Jersey Devils team? A Devils team that's been a thorn in the Bruins' side. Yeah. You know, they have played Boston extremely tough, extremely competitive this year. So this is one of those games where it's too high to take Boston. I don't like anything value-wise with Boston. I'm not on Boston. I don't like New Jersey's form anywhere close enough to want to back them. So it's a game I'm staying away from. Could you make a case to get involved here, Pete, Devils and Bruins? Yeah, so it's my card's kind of ugly today, but it's kind of a price where I actually had to take a small chance on New Jersey. I, I know it's a back-to-back -back for them. I know their the overall just kind of record in their last. I mean, they're two and ten or two and eight in their last ten games. Um, but if you actually look at their kind of advanced stats over those ten games, this is a Dells team that. I mean, I know you're not really incorporating Corsi, but if you look at their overall just kind of Corsi uh, as a team, they're actually in the top ten. Uh, and Corsi for the season, which is which is crazy. And even in their last ten games, they've they've been uh, 52.28 uh, percent in Corsi. Um, they just they've been actually like the the unluckiest team, like how I like to call it. Uh, I, I use a stat called PDO, uh, which is basically using uh, shooting percentage and save percentage. And right now, uh, like the standard is uh, 1.0. And right now, uh, the uh, Devils are sitting at uh, 0.94, which is just super, super low, which means like they're shooting like 5% in the last 10 games. Obviously, that's a product of just like not having finishing talent and just really just not having great players. But I would kind of expect that to go up a little bit. I mean, I just don't think you can be unlucky for that long. Um, I think the Devils have played Boston well enough this year and played up very competitively where, um, you know, you can make a case for just backing the Devils here, I think. And um, if you don't want to take that risk on the money line, I, I think you can get like a plus one and a half at like minus 110 or minus 115 right now. And I think that's a, that's a solid look, too, just because I, I do believe that the Devils are um, playing a lot better than – I mean, they're not playing amazing. Uh, they're they're below average expected goal wise last ten, below average uh, for the season. But uh, Boston hasn't necessarily played uh, particularly well uh, recently. Just unless you take just that last game, um, which could have just been an outlier. But it, it's enough for me to uh, take a chance on New Jersey. I'm actually lining it closer to like plus one seventy, plus one eighty, which is like if, getting more than uh, two to one odds here on New Jersey is worth. Uh, Worth a small play. I think it's going to be, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, like a closer game where you know they take it to OT or, you know, they just, you know, you, you win one of those like two to one, three to two type of games. 
Yeah, and that's and like we say, New Jersey has played competitively with the Bruins. For the Bruins, yeah, they've it galvanized them the other night. The hit by Tom Wilson, who's now suspended seven games. The NHL bringing the hammer down uh, on Tom Wilson uh, following that hit uh, to Brandon Carlo, who's now out, by the way, for the Bruins. And that's a concern because he's he's actually a defenseman now that you would have to call one of their more experienced, relied upon, counted upon defensemen. You know, for a team that lost Tory Krug in the offseason, that lost to Dano Chara in the offseason. Outside of Charlie McAvoy, uh, you've got Matt Grizzlick. Yeah, he's got some experience too, but especially after those two, you've got Euro Vakaninen, Jared Tenorti, Connor Clifton, and Jacob Zavoro. You know, you have a very, very inexperienced blue line back there. So, mm-hmm. so uh, that's something to monitor moving forward. That's minutes now without Brandon Carlo you have to fill. You know, you have to, who's going to fill those shoes, fill those minutes in key situations for Bruce Cassidy. So big decisions now for Boston. So we'll see if the Devils maybe can take advantage of that as a, as a way to maybe get some offense going for them here in this game today. All right. The rest of the games are night games. The final four games on the uh, Sunday card. We've got the Washington Capitals and the Philadelphia Flyers. Philly, uh, pretty much even money, actually, minus 110 here on both sides. Uh, the total six shaded to the over. Uh, in this hockey game, of course, Washington just uh, got dominated as that game went on uh, the other night against the uh, Boston Bruins. Uh, really, it was a back-and-forth game, and then all of a sudden, the hit happens, and that just gets Boston all fired up and in a fervor, uh, and they're just at a take their game to a completely different level, and, and the Capitals weren't able to match that. I still think this Capitals team is... Not the Capitals team I've seen in the past. I mean, from in terms of past seasons, this is um, this is a team I've got some issues with. Defensively, I've got issues with them. Uh, I think even their power plays, you know, not. I think their power plays not quite as clicking to the extent it's been in the past. There's some statistics about this team that would worry you, uh, maybe in the long run moving forward. Uh, Vitek Vanacek. Got yeah. pulled the other night. Ilya Samsonov back. We've got a goaltending situation where the one guy now that he's played so many games, the videotape is on him. People know his weaknesses now, Vanacek and his tendencies. And the other guy is a guy that's been out of the lineup so long because of COVID issues, Ilya Samsonov. So you've really all of a sudden got some question marks in terms of your ability uh, to defend. I think that's something to monitor moving forward. Uh, with this uh, Capitals group. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers coming off a loss to Pittsburgh uh, yesterday. So this is another game where the scheduling edge is in Washington's favor. Uh, they played Friday. Philly played yesterday. Um, I don't know. Philly's one of those teams that, you know, they were so good defensively last year. And I've only seen that defensive hockey team out of the Philadelphia Flyers in fits and starts this year. All right. I just haven't seen it consistently. Yeah. Um, we had Brian Elliott yesterday. We're probably going to see Carter Hart today, and I know he's been better at home than on the road, but I don't see this Flyers team bringing in the defensive focus I've seen in the past. I think Washington's suspect at the back end. Rather than look at a side in this game, I think we see goals. I really do. Uh, And I think Washington's certainly going to come out aggressive, assertive offensively, trying to bounce back from that defeat they had against Boston. Um, I think we get this game potentially up and over the total. The total is six uh, here in this game, minus 120. I think it can get up and over that total. As far as the side is concerned here in this one, I think Philly is a team I have a little bit more faith in, but Washington has the better scheduling spot. Washington is off a dreadful loss to Boston, and I think they'll be chomping at the bit to play a lot better tonight. So the spot, I think, is in Washington's favor. I do think Philly's a slightly better team, though, so that's why it's a wash for me when it comes to the side. But I do like this game to go over the total. Again, Philly's got all their offensive weapons back, too. I mean, we've got a healthy Giroux, healthy Konechny, uh, Santa, uh, uh, Lawton. Uh, all the guys that were on the COVID list, they're all back now. And Jacob Voracek, they're all back from injury and from the, co- or I should say, from the COVID protocol list. Right. Uh, and that offense has shown it, really, uh, in the game since they've been back. They've scored goals. Uh, and I think Washington gets their offense going. I like the game to go over the total. Uh, Pete, what's your thoughts here, Washington and Philly? Yeah, this game is, I mean, I think it's as close to kind of a coin flip as you can get. Uh, you described it pretty well. When you have a, when you have Washington and Philly or a lot of these games like Washington-Philly, Washington-Pittsburgh, Philly-Pittsburgh, they're extremely kind of high-variance games, and they're very, like, you know, they're very coin flippy, and they're very, like, back and forth. And I would only lean kind of to overs when, when all these teams kind of play against each other just because you have uh, kind of very kind of, 
weak defense um, across the board in, in terms of all of these teams. Um, so, yeah, I, I do like – I would. if you ask me to, like, pick a side and, like, I had to, I would lean to Washington. I think when they're getting – they've, like, you know, at the beginning of the year, they didn't really have a lot of their players due to COVID protocols, due to, uh, you know, suspensions, injuries, a lot of those sorts of things. And if you look at kind of recently, their expected goals have been been very, very good uh, recently. Um, so I do think that uh, if I had to pick a side, I think Washington, just because they are playing uh, slightly better, and then you also have the uh, the scheduling advantage. But I really just can't trust uh, their goaltending and their defense at all. I think they have uh, very, very serious uh, – they're going to have very serious goaltending problems. And that's the other thing with Philly, too, is like – you know, everybody was talking about how Carter Hart was going to be, you know, amazing. And I still think he's got a lot of potential. He, can, he still can be really, really good. But, you know, so far this year, there's just nothing that shows that he's going to be able to uh, turn this around. You know, hopefully, you know, he gets back to kind of his old ways from last year. But his overall just kind of underlying, you know, goal saved above expected is is very, very poor right now. And then I, I also think uh, – Capitals have have massive kind of goaltending issues and, and defensive issues as well. So I think there really is only kind of one way to look at it. It's kind of, you know, take the over, uh, lean to that. Uh, I don't I didn't uh, I don't really wager on sides, but I am I give kind of, you know, what, what my numbers do. They do kind of project sides and to back it up. I know you talked about that Panthers hurricanes over that. My numbers really like that as well. Um, but yeah, this Flyers Capitals game, I would only look to the over and you know, if one of the teams was like plus 105, plus 110, that's when I kind of look to a side. Um, but I think this is kind of a, you know, watch it. I think it'll be a, you know, hopefully a fun kind of exciting game to watch, but I don't really want to get involved. Yeah, I think it'll be, yeah, I think it'll be goals uh, both ways. You're right, Carter Hart's disappointing after the way he played most of last season. And uh, that's been a, a problem a little bit for the Flyers. Their team defense not quite as good either. Uh, but it's been their offense actually lately uh, that's been getting it done for them. They've been able to score goals and they've actually kind of transitioned, you know, the over to an over team the last, you know, handful of games. I mean, every game against Pittsburgh this week uh, went over the total, the Flyers and the Penguins. And I was on uh, the over in each of those. So, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those teams that right now the goal scoring is there and the defense and goaltending on a consistent basis isn't. So that's what I'm sticking with here, the over with the Flyers tonight as they face the Capitals. Next game up, New York Rangers, Pittsburgh Penguins. A lot of Pittsburgh money, minus 135 to minus 150. Now in this game, the total six. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, since they got Brian Burke and Ron Extall, I've said this a bunch on the show, they've played really good hockey. They got a nice comeback win against Philly. Yesterday to win two of three, take two of three uh, in the three straight games they played head to head against the Flyers. But I'm not re really ready to rush out there with a minus 150 price tag on this Penguins team and not with Casey DeSmith in net uh, as well today, not Tristan Jari. And uh, DeSmith is just one of those meandering, middling, you know, backup goalies in the NHL. I don't think he's got a high ceiling by any stretch. His numbers bear that out. Uh, I mean, uh, 2.73 goals against average, 8.93 save percentage. I don't know what the uh, – I haven't looked up yet what his goals saved above average are, but I know for just his standard uh, numbers yeah. in between the pipes aren't great for uh, Casey DeSmith here. Um, and the Rangers and Penguins play overs. Here's, uh, and, again, I, I, styles make fights sometimes, and sometimes you don't want to overcomplicate things. I've been on a lot of Pittsburgh versus Washington overs because a lot of the head-to-head -head games have been overs. I was on Pittsburgh Philly over this week, all three games. Why? Because every game's just found a way to go over the total. And it's been kind of that way here with the Rangers and Penguins. I think maybe they've had one or two unders recently, but the majority, uh, they've been high-scoring games. And the Rangers are getting their offense going. I know it was New Jersey. People are going to say, but Ian, yeah, they face New Jersey. Calm down that the Rangers are turning a corner here. Calm down that their offense is playing better. Okay, I get it. New Jersey's in a bad way right now, not playing well at all. But it's promising to see what we're getting from this Rangers team, who I think have underachieved this season. I still think this team's better than they have shown most of the season here uh, on the, this season for the uh, Rangers. Panarin's been in and out uh, due to injury, or been out, I should say, uh, because of the issues he's had uh, with Russia uh, and that whole story. Uh, it's not injury. Uh, it was yeah. the uh, Russia situation with him uh, back there. Uh, so they've missed him for sure. No question about that. Uh, but boy, Lafreniere's picked it up. Chris Kreider's been on fire. You know, he's had a hat trick, you know, multiple games with multiple goals for him. 
He's picked it up big time. Ryan Strom is fine in the back of the net. You know, Buchnevich has been good. Uh, Zabanajad, we're still waiting for him to really take off and get it going again for the Rangers. But when that happens, uh, this team, you know, is I think uh, got the chance at least to make a run. Igor Shosturkin, by the way, is not going to be available for this game for the New York Rangers. It looks like he's out due to a groin injury. So Georgiev was in yesterday. He could start on back-to-back -back days, but David Quinn's also hinting at the fact that we might see Keith Kincaid, the third goalie on the New York Rangers roster potentially. So again, if you like New York, maybe wait to see if who the goalie is. It'll be Georgiev or Kincaid. I've got to think Georgiev's even on a back-to-back -back, because he played yesterday. It's yeah. probably the option I'd prefer. Uh, in this game, then uh, Keith Kincaid, who is you know hasn't played yet this year, uh, that's another issue. I, not only is he not all that great, but you know he hasn't played all season, so that would worry me. I think I like the over either way, and I think I like the Rangers plus the price here. If I get confirmation that Georgiev's in that, I just think it's a little bit inflated here uh, on this Pittsburgh team. But I'm waiting on that confirmation before I pull the trigger, or before at least before uh, until, uh, before I consider pulling the trigger on the Rangers here. Uh, what do you think about this one here, Rangers-Penguins? Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning to the same thing. I, I lean towards the Rangers side. I just think this Penguins team overall, just five-on-five five stats for them over the course of the entire season have actually been uh, pretty poor. They have uh, picked it up their last you know few games, and they've you know played a little bit better uh, recently. Um, but I'm still just kind of struggling to see um, a minus-150 price uh, with the Penguins, unless we are getting Kincaid. And in that case, uh, this is going to be a total stay away for me. I would want, you know, no part of backing the Rangers if we have Kincaid in that, especially one kind of big red flag for me is just over the last, you know, five, 10 games, the Rangers are just absolutely lighting up the net, you know, scoring an absurd amount of goals. And it's, it's hard for me to back a team after, you know, two straight six goal performances, um, just because, you know, the chances of that kind of continuing are, are pretty minimal um, that you would expect kind of the Rangers to start uh, regressing slightly in terms of just like the shooting percentage, which I believe over the last, you know, four or five games has been like upwards of like 15%. Um, but, you know, th this is like another game where, I really just, you know, if if we do get confirmation that Kincaid is not starting, um, I would lean towards the Rangers, and I, I might actually back them if we do get, you know, something in like the plus one twenty five, plus one thirty range. Um, but yeah, I think uh, DeSmith, if you, uh, you, I know you mentioned him and his advanced stats. He he's actually been uh, slightly above average, like very average to slightly above average this season, just in terms of goal saved above expected. What that does is it basically factors in like the amount of like high danger chances that they're giving up against and amount of expected goals that the Penguins are giving up against. And, and at the beginning of the year, uh, if you looked at like the first, you know, probably 15, 20 games of the season, uh, the Penguins were giving up just like an absurd amount of high quality looks and absurd amount of high danger chances. Their defense was really just playing poorly. Uh, so their goaltending was kind of their save percentage was taking a massive hit. I think when you looked at uh, Jari, I mean, I mean, his advanced uh, metrics are horrible, but um, you know, he was just, facing like just absurd high quality chances every single game to start out the year, but he's kind of, you know, slowly started to play a lot better. Um, but yeah, this is another one where like, you know, the Penguins could, you know, ultimately start figuring it out. I think, you know, you look at the last couple games, they've, they've started to trend in a better direction. And then I would maybe expect the Rangers to regress slightly just in terms of how many goals they're scoring. So not really something I want to get involved in, but if the Rangers do get a, you know, we get a solid price with them and, and we get confirmation that, uh, you know, we're not getting a goalie that's never started, hasn't started a game so far this season. Then I would only uh, kind of look towards that side. Yeah. And Kincaid, again, has just been bounced around New Jersey, Montreal yeah. for a bit. Now here he is with the New York Rangers. I mean, you're just taking a leap of faith, especially when he hasn't even been in the net in an NHL game. And all he's got to do is go up against, you know, Crosby and Malkin and Gensel. Uh, and a lot of these uh, sharpshooters here for the Penguins, uh, not an easy uh, task for his first start uh, if he's indeed in the net. So keep an eye on that in terms of who's in net here for uh, the uh, New York Rangers tonight. Uh, the next game, Nashville and Dallas, the ultimate pick your poison game in my mind here. We've got Dallas uh, minus 160 uh, home favorites, five and a half, the total shaded to the under. Uh, Nashville's awful. I've said that a million times. 
they're just uh, can continue to you know lose games. They've got these swirling trade rumors going around with Forsberg and Arvidsson and Johansson and Granlin and everyone on this team is now up in trade rumors and that they might be jettisoned out of here. That's not good for camaraderie in the dressing room and focus for a team that's you know, if they're going to make a playoff push, the team wants to hear that, hey, management's got their back and they're not looking to stab them in the back and get them out of town. That's not the case in Nashville. A lot of trade rumors floating around. Uh, this team is just their offense. Their, their special teams has sewered them, you know, all season long. The power play has been dreadful. The penalty kill has been one of the worst in the NHL uh, this season. Uh, can't get a consistent save from Pecorine in particular. Saros as well, but Saros has at least had a couple of good games here and there this year for the Predators. It's been a Rene issue, and I've said this about a bunch about Rene. He's yeah. old, he's over the hill, he's had too many injuries, a lot of games, a lot of mileage, a lot of big playoff starts, an older gentleman that's had a bunch of friggin' injuries. Eventually that's going to add up, and it's going to chip away at your ability to be a competent, capable number one goaltender in the National Hockey League, the greatest league in the world against top-tier shooting talent. And that's what we're seeing uh, from Rene right now. So Back-to-back -back for Nashville. They lost to Florida yesterday. Uh, where do they go for goaltending today? Uh, that remains to be uh, the question here on the back-to-back. -back. On the flip side, though, I know Dallas beat Columbus uh, yesterday. It was a bounce-back win for them. Uh, probably the best game they've played in a long time. Very impressive. 5 nothing shutout win uh, against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But Columbus has been up and down. Uh, Dallas took advantage of a Columbus team that just hasn't been, I think, offensively the last few games. Where's it gone for a team that's got now Patrick Lyon on it? Uh, you wouldn't know it with the way the Jackets sometimes just struggle to get you know shots on goal. Never mind high danger chances. Never mind puck possession. You know, just getting the thrust in the offensive zone has been a chore for Columbus at times uh, lately in net. Um, so Dallas got a nice win there. What do they do here? I'm not ready to lay a buck sixty with Dallas. I can tell you that right now. For as anti-Nashville as I am, I'm not ready to lay minus one sixty with Dallas. Um, not at all. Uh, especially on a back-to-back. -back. Well, it's back-to-back -back for Nashville as well, but they played the later game, Dallas uh, as well. So uh, something you have to worry about there. And who's in net? Uh, I thought maybe they go back to Hudobin because it's back-to-back. -back, but I'm seeing some people in our chat here. Uh, Benjamin Mills saying that Jake Ottinger has been confirmed and I don't blame Rick bonus yeah. for making that decision. He's been excellent. You know, and he was terrific last night. He's been probably a little bit, he has not probably, he has been a little bit better than uh, Hudobin throughout the course of the season for Dallas. So that definitely uh, should help them out a little bit to give them because Hudobin's just had that kind of season where he's just not making the saves and his numbers, not quite what they were during that magical run you know, to the Stanley Cup final. Maybe we got to put Anton Udo. Maybe we got to move the Dallas games to the bubble again, uh, and that'll get him going uh, once again in net for the Stars. They still struggle to score. I know last night, Radic Foxa, and they got some step-up offensive performances from some of their other forwards that have been struggling. Can they do it again? That's the question. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't want anything to do with Nashville, but I don't want to lay minus 160 with Dallas. I also yeah. know that. That's just a price I'm not interested in with this Stars team, which, to be honest with you, hasn't been that much better than Nashville. So I'm out of this game completely. Uh, what do you think here, Nashville, Dallas? Uh, I know this is going to kind of sound ugly. I mean, most of my card is actually uh, pretty ugly today, but I actually took a chance on Nashville at plus 142, I believe. I just, I agree with you. Like, I don't think that the stars are anything special. And yes, they had a really solid win uh, yesterday, but in my opinion, and I've kind of spoke about this, is the Columbus Blue Jackets right now are arguably like a bottom five team in the NHL, just in terms of like metrics. They're they're really, really bad. Um, you, you talk about how like they can't generate anything on offense. Well, they can't. And then they're also not playing good on defense either. I believe they're a uh, bottom 10 team in terms of uh, expected goals allowed. And then you're also giving them, I mean, their, their goaltending was kind of what won them that playoff series against kind of Toronto and at the second half of the year you looked at how well uh Corpusalo and all of their goaltenders like they're playing very very well uh, in the second half of last year and now those goaltenders um are, are playing really really poorly so they're they're getting nothing like they're getting nothing in terms of expected goals so I I, I uh I'm not. I'm kind of throwing those stars' uh, performances out of the window there. And if you actually look at Nashville's, I know I had to make massive downgrades to them just because they they have had. Uh, I mean, Saros is on our IR now, and then they have also had a couple um, key players or 
they have a lot of key players that are also out. But if you do look at if you do look at their advanced stats, like overall in a five on five, this is a significantly better team um, than Dallas on the five on five. Now you mentioned their special teams. Their special teams is totally horrible and it derails all of their games. Um, but if, in my opinion, if you have a team where I think is even to maybe even slightly better five on five wise. Um, I'm going to take a chance on on them any day of the week if I get you know a, a severe uh, plus money number. I know it's a back. I mean it's a back to back for both teams, like you said. Um, but I, the stars haven't proven really anything to me uh, to be laying anything above minus 150. So I think the only way you can look in this game, as ugly as it is, and as poor as those last few games were for Nashville. I mean, they played a very solid Florida team that's just way better than them. But if you do look at their prior, like prior couple performances before that, they did beat Columbus two in a row, and they did perform better than Columbus in those games. So I don't see how you can line Nashville as a higher price than Columbus was against this same team right now, just because across the board, I do think that even with all the stuff going on and the noise and the, the players being out for Nashville, I don't see how you can say that they're a worse team than Columbus right now. Yeah. And you know what, to, regarding the players that are out uh, for uh, Nashville, one of them, Matt Duchesne, and I'm like, kind of who cares? I mean, this guy's just another one of the many disappointments here yeah. for uh, the Nashville Predators since they got him. And, uh, you know, it's been disappointment now a couple of spots. You know, Columbus was not a great, you know, little stint for him there either. Uh, and, you know, that's that's been the issue. You know, the guy that's actually keeping Nashville afloat right now offensively is Eli Tolvanen. You know, the young Finn has really played well and stepped up for them. He scored yesterday. Yeah. Uh, they got him going. Uh, and he's been actually one of their better forwards in terms of at least giving them something offensively of late. So uh, that's definitely been good to see. But you're right from a price perspective. And I've said this all year. Everybody that's uh, tuning in and listening to our show daily, the Ice Guys here, I automatically bet against Nashville when they're against good teams. But can we call Dallas a good team right now? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh they're a mediocre team and Nashville can beat some of those teams. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the Florida's and the Tampa's and, you know, yeah. I mean, who, if, if uh, the they, Predators are, to they take a bunch of penalties and, you know, if, I mean, if, if this turns into a special teams match where we're just getting penalties all, all over the board, I mean, I think this is going to be a game where the stars probably easily win. But if this is just one where like they're letting them play and playing five on five hockey, uh, I think the Predators are going to be, be completely uh, live in this game. Yeah, they, they were minus. I'm looking at back in uh, earlier in the season because I've got all the results for all the teams in front of me when I'm breaking down each game. Um, at Tampa Bay, January 30, February 1st for Nashville, and they were about minus 170 to minus 180 favorites, or, or Tampa, I should say, was minus 170 to minus 180 home favorites in those games, barely above where Dallas is right here now playing this price against Nashville. So that's the issue. It's a mediocre team laying a pretty big price and a price that I don't I don't trust them enough <laughs> to lay in this kind of price. So for me, it's a pass, but Pete liking a shot here with Nashville. Final game uh, on this Sunday card, Ottawa taking on Calgary, North Division battle. Calgary, uh, minus 170, uh, home favorites, total six across the board. You got to love these people on Twitter that, uh, that DM me sometimes, and it's like, are you guys paying attention? Are you do doing the work? Are you putting in the time and finding out what's going on? He said, we got to bet Calgary last night. First game with Daryl Sutter. He's not even behind the bench till later this week. He's in quarantine right now. You know, he's not even going to be with the, He hasn't even been able to get there to practice with the team yet since he's been hired as the head coach. So, you know, you might want to wait till the head coach is actually in there with the players before you go to the go to war with that. Let's bet the team with the new coach angle. Uh, because it was just the assistant coach manning the bench last night for the uh, Calgary Flames uh, against Edmonton in the Battle of Alberta. Fun game, exciting game, uh, very physical game, a couple of fights uh, in the game. James Neal and Matt Kachuk, uh, Darnell Nurse taking on Milan Lucic. Uh, it was a great hockey game, and Edmonton comes back and gets the win uh, against Calgary last night. So people saying, wow, it's like so much for the new coach. Well, the new coach isn't there yet. Calm down, uh, just you know, hold your horses. He'll be there later this week. Then maybe you bet on Calgary. That's what I'm doing. I'm staying off Calgary until Daryl Sutter gets there. Daryl Sutter's one of those guys that when he got to LA, that team was struggling when he got there years ago. And of course they won the two Stanley cups rest is history. But when he first got there to LA, they had really struggled. Who was the coach before that? I think it was John Stevens, I believe was the head coach. He got fired and Daryl Sutter came in. And the moment he came in there, I think LA went on a crazy run. 
They just started playing great hockey because Daryl Sutter's a demanding coach. He care, wants the team aspect, team game. He wants team commitment, both ends of the ice. And I think that's what you're going to see from Calgary, but you're not going to see it till he gets there. And for now, he's not he's not joining the team, and he's not going to be with them for the first time until Tuesday. So for now, you know, you still got to treat Calgary like the uh, kind of the inconsistent mess they've been, you know, in the Jeff Ward era prior to his firing earlier this week. And again, last night, you know, it's been puck management issues. You know, penalty kill stinks for Calgary, and it's been bad for Ottawa too, and I'll get to that in terms of the total here. Uh, but I do think Calgary's definitely – their defensive game is still not very good right now. Even with Markstrom back, Markstrom was decent, but first game back in a long time, you can't put that kind of, uh, you know, workload on his plate in his first game back in such a long time. It was just not the greatest of performances from Calgary, and Edmund really meant business. I mean, they had their pride kind of uh, scorched by Toronto you know, and just shellacking the Oilers in those three straight games. And they played like it last night. So kudos to the Oilers for a much better game from them. So now you got Calgary back to back after a physical game, laying this kind of price. I'm not laying this kind of price with Calgary. No way, no how. And Ottawa's just been giving them fits all season. Until the last game, Calgary put the boots to them earlier this week in Calgary. And now they're playing each other again uh, here in Calgary. But Ottawa's been resting. You know, Ottawa's just been waiting, you know, putting their feet up on the table waiting for Calgary here after Calgary had to play this physical, intense game with the uh, Oilers last night. From a spot and scheduling standpoint, it screams Ottawa. You know, they're going to be rested. They've given Calgary a tough time. Uh, I would only look at Ottawa at the plus price, but the bet I like here is over. I mean, you can't argue with the season series history. It's been one over after another. High-scoring games. Every meeting between the Senators and the Flames this year has seen at least six Total goals scored. The total is at six, so I think you get a push. Worst case scenario, that's where I'm going in this game. And maybe no guarantee we see Markstrom either. No guarantee that he's back after playing last night. They may not want to put him in back-to-back uh, right away here for this uh, Calgary Flames team. So uh, to me, this is a situation where you might see David Riddick. It's been big save Dave you know, a couple of times yeah. against Ottawa this year. Not big save Dave. That worries me. You know, Matt Murray's been, you know, Jekyll and Hyde, not consistent enough game to game for the Senators. So I think goals are scored here. Uh, I like the over. And from a side perspective, it's Ottawa or pass, dog or pass for me. But what do you think here, Pete? Ottawa, Calgary. Yeah, I would definitely expect Riddick. I mean, I, I highly doubt they they roll Markstrom out there on a back-to-back after, you know, coming back uh, just from that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I actually took a chance. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, an ugly card today for me, but I actually took a chance on Ottawa. Like you said, uh, just amazing spot for them. They're they're well rested. Uh, I think you know you, you get. I always kind of like playing the angle where you know they gave up you know seven goals their last game. I, I would expect um, you know Ottawa to be a little bit more uh, you know mo- I, I hate using the motivation angle, but I would I would expect them to be a little bit more motivated just because when you when you lose a game you get embarrassed like that. Um, you know the next game you, you should kind of start playing a little bit better. And overall, just like my underlying numbers, you know, you look at the last kind of 10 games and, you know, just overall body of work for the whole season. Um, just not that much of a diff. I mean, it's, it, I mean, yeah, the records wise, it's way different, but the main reason behind that is just, you know, Markstrom has been just a, a much, much better goalie than anything that the senators have. I mean, the senators goalies are just atrocious and just can kind of just derail the entire game, which is what happened the last time that they played Calgary. Um, but, you know, if, if you get an average kind of goaltending performance out of the senators at all, uh, they're going to be live in this game, just well rested. Then overall, I mean, you just, that's another thing. It's another, it's kind of similar to the last game where we have kind of a mediocre team. I mean, I don't think you can say that the flames are anything more than just like an average team to like slightly below average and to be laying a minus 170 price. Um, it, it just, it, it screams just kind of take the other side when you have a, a well-rested team that, you know, overall just metrically uh, recently is just very, very even. Uh, I think this is a game where, you know, Ottawa has been able to kind of give Calgary fits this whole year so far. And I don't really see that kind of, kind of uh, not continuing here. And I, and I do think that the, the senators is really the only way you can look as, I mean, f- from a side perspective, 
that's, you know, with, you know, all the, the rest and, you know, you have the flames on a back to back flames after a, a tough loss. I mean, you look at how the flames performed yesterday. I mean, I don't know if you watched that first period, but I believe it started the flames had 11 shots to one. They came out with their hair on fire and they really were only up one, nothing after the first period when they probably should have been up a couple. Um, and then what happened was, you know, you saw Edmonton just totally wake up and kick it into gear. In the last few periods, the Oilers just played, you know, so much better just because, you know, I don't know what happened, but a switch kind of turned on from the Oilers where it's like, you know, we've just been continually getting embarrassed. Like, let's, you know, start figuring it out. And, you know, they, they played much better down the stretch. And, you know, the Flames kind of really just let that one slip away last night. And that's it's kind of tough uh, to to. To, you know, bounce back from as well and on a back-to-back situation. And now you're like, oh, we have to go, you know, we got to go play the Senators. So it's, you know, I, I do think the Senators are really, uh, should be live here and should kind of go down to the wire as long as you don't get the Senators, uh, you know, which happens, you know, a good amount of time. The Senators goalies just give up a ton of goals and, you know, you're, they fall behind two, three, nothing to start the game. And then you're like, well, this one's over. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that can that that can happen. That especially happened with Hogberg and that at least hope with Murray. Oh, yeah. That uh, yeah. yeah, he's been worse. Yeah, he was actually worse than Murray, believe it or not. Uh, Marcus Hogberg, but of course he's out. And they had jo- yeah. Joey Decor played better against Montreal the other night for Ottawa than they ever got from Marcus Hogberg in that. So, right. uh, yeah, definitely. I think the spot wise, yes, Ottawa for sure. You actually look at them; they both have an expected goal margin that is negative. Uh, on the season, both of these teams, but the yeah. the difference between the two is marginal. You know, it's not a huge difference, believe it or not, with these two teams in that regard. I mean, you're looking at a point uh, minus zero point five uh, margin for Calgary, and you're looking at for um, Ottawa minus one point one four. But it's not a huge edge or anything like that. And then the high danger chances minus ten for Calgary, and only minus one for Ottawa. Yeah. So believe it or not, the better high danger margin is actually Ottawa. But to your point, you know, the goaltending could just totally wipe yeah. out a stat like that. If it's struggle, yeah, if it's a bad night for the goaltending, which can happen with this Ottawa team, it wipes out that uh, stat quite a bit. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is with them. It's like, you know, you always look at you can look at the advanced metrics for them after a lot of games they lose and just be like, well, you know, they, they played better, but they lost. But, you know, a lot of the time it's just due to, you know, their defense is not good at all. They do give up a significant amount of high danger uh, looks, um, but their goaltending just can just completely be were by far like not even close uh, to league average. It's just significantly, significantly below league average. So whenever you have a situation like that, it's always kind of, you know, you got to really make sure you're getting a a good spot with the senators. And, you know, I've had to really be careful because a lot of the times, you know, my numbers are going to show value on them, but you know, what I do is make a, make a pretty bit, like I have a specific like downgrade that I make for the senators where like, I'm kind of downgrading them more than any other team. And then if they still are meeting a value requirement after that, um, then, then I'm taking them. But, you know, a lot of the times I'm just like, you know, you, you bet on them and then all of a sudden they give up five, six goals and you have no chance yeah. to win. Exactly. That's like San Jose as well. Holy shit. Yeah, that team with their goaltending. Brutal. Bad as it gets. Yeah. I mean, Jones and Dubnik, and I said, that's why we, we like this team. We like the overs for the other, we like team total overs yeah. for the opponent facing San Jose. Uh, that's what it, that we've capitalized. I know Alex B. Smith liked the, uh, uh, the Vegas team total over last night. I mean, it's, Jones is awful, and Dubnik probably even worse. Yeah, you know, he was in that 7-6 game last Saturday against St. Louis, and it was just dreadful. Dreadful goaltending, yeah. piss poor. I mean, goals that shouldn't go in just go yeah. right through him. Terrible. It's crazy, and because the Sharks are really like they're not that bad. Like they're they're overall just like as a, like a five on five team. Like you know, if you go through like all their metrics, like they're like their skaters are pretty good. They can win, you know, a lot of games. They could be an average team, but then you throw in how bad their goalies are, it just makes them an awful team because you have, you know, a pretty league average team with awful goalies. You just, you're not going to win many games when you have that. Yep. And that's why the stats, when you, when you look at them, you you try to find value based on them, but you, you, you just can't, you know, unfortunately, you can't be the goaltender in there for them uh, or find someone else to be the goaltender for some of these teams. some point, you're going to need saves from some of these goaltenders that just aren't very good. And unfortunately, sometimes you just don't get them. 
And San Jose hasn't gotten good goaltending. We have talked about Carter Hutton and Buffalo. I mean, there's just been a bunch of these teams uh, that have just had terrible goaltending to really, you know, just put a complete damper on, you know, decent team efforts, decent looking stats, decent underlying advanced numbers. And it just gets thrown, you know, completely to the wayside because of the goaltending being so poor and so way below league average that they just can't overcome it. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly uh, the kind of issues you sometimes get. Uh, great stuff and great analysis. I was impressed uh, with the uh, analysis you brought, Pete. It was good to have you on the show uh, for the first time. Uh, we're going to get to best bets. That's what we do at the end of every show. We have one best bet that we uh, provide on the show. We'll do that in just a second. And I got to bounce back because I had seven straight best bet winners going into yesterday, and it got snapped, uh, unfortunately, with the uh, first period Leaf puck line falling short uh, against the uh, Canucks, who ended up winning the game outright. Uh, against Toronto, a nice win for uh, Vancouver there. And all of a sudden, Leaf fans, give me a break. Stop with the crocodile tears. You guys are just too emotional. I can't take it. I can't stand it anymore. The, and I know a bunch of Leaf fans. I'm in southern Ontario, uh, Pete. I'm one hour west of Toronto, yeah. and I know a bunch of Leaf fans. And basically four days ago, after sweeping the Edmonton Oilers, they're ready to play in the Stanley Cup parade for this Leafs team. <laughs> And then after losing to the Canucks two games in a row, it's we're on such despair uh, and woe is us again. And what's happening? What's wrong with this team? I mean, the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs and the emotional roller coaster of some of these Leaf fans, not all of them. Right. Some of them, a lot, a lot of them are reasonable and reasonably minded people. But some of them are just too damn emotional. And now it's just, they're getting all upset again. It's that's the highs and lows and the peaks and valleys of a uh, regular season. You know, no team is going to win every game. There's going to be bad spots. There's going to be bad performances. It's why there's a betting marketplace because if every team won every game, nobody there'd be no reason to bet games. There wouldn't be. Uh, sports books would not win at all. Uh, the players would always win if, if the same team won every game. So uh, you have to remember that. But uh, great stuff with Pete. Uh, great show uh, breaking down this Sunday card. Before we get to best bets, uh, a reminder: download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and when you do. Uh, use the promo code THPN to sign up for an account. You'll get a deposit bonus. You'll get weekly specials, bet boosts. So many great uh, incentives are included with your DraftKings Sportsbook account. And all you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code THPN, who, of course, are great partners here of the Ice Guys Hockey Betting Show, the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, that time for best bets. I had my seven. Game best bet winning streak snapped yesterday, so hopefully you can bounce back today. But I'll have our special guest uh, have the floor first. Uh, best bet, uh, Pete. What do you uh, like here on so the Sunday card? I'm gonna actually go with um, you know I gave out my four plays today, so I believe the one that I, I really kind of like the most is the Florida Panthers. So I'm gonna go ahead and go with uh, Florida Panthers plus 120 on the money line. Uh, just think overall, like we talked about, you have a better statistical team. Um, it's a back-to-back -back situation, but with a better statistical team and a uh, significant uh, goalie advantage, which I believe with you, when you have uh, Reimer going for Carolina, who really just can't trust them right now, uh, I think the Florida Panthers get it done. And if you look at their metrics, just kind of overall with their games against Carolina, they have outplayed them uh, the majority of the time. Uh, so I just think it's uh, too good of a price to, to uh, pass up there, even with a uh, you know a back-to-back -back situation on tired legs. But uh I like the Panthers to get it done at plus 120. All right, there we go. Florida Panthers plus 120 against the Carolina Hurricanes. Best bet for uh, Pete. And follow him on Twitter. Give me the uh, Twitter handle for you one more time. It's uh, Ice King Bets. So there's no S. I know I wrote that down there. It's just like Ice Kings. But it's uh, Ice King Bets, and that's on Twitter. And you can follow me there right. and ask me any questions you got or whatever. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Um you are from Denver, correct? Even though you got the Coyotes jersey, because someone in the chat was asking. Yeah, uh, I'm from Denver. Um, just, yeah, I've, I've kind of lived here my whole life. I'm actually trying to get out to Vegas and uh, get out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been from Denver and spend a good amount of time in Arizona as well. So I have kind of some family out there. So I go out there quite a bit, some friends. So uh, that's why I'm, I mean, I don't really have like a specific team that I that I really am like a huge fan of. I just kind of have a whole bunch of different hockey gear. So like, I'm not, even though I'm from Denver, like I'm not like the, like some huge abs fan. I'm kind of just like a fan of the league in general and just, you know, wear all the gear. 
Exactly. And day to day, I always say to people, I'm a fan of the teams I'm betting on. There you yeah. go. That's it's hard. Fans to, you'll, be, you'll be biased if you're kind of a fan of anybody. It's kind of how I look at yeah. it. No, I'm actually a Buffalo Sabres fan, and I still am. I still hope they do well. I hope at some point they figure it the fuck out and do something yeah. that makes sense. But uh, I haven't. I've been waiting for it. I mean, they gave me a great little ride there in the uh, mid 2000s with the uh, Danny Briere, Chris Drury, uh, Buffalo Sabres teams, Tony Ludman, Henrik Talinder on the blue line, Ryan Miller in his prime when he was one of the best goalies in the NHL. That was a great Buffalo team. They got to the conference finals two years in a row. Uh, but it's been nothing but misery pretty much uh, ever since then for the last yeah. decade. And uh, been tough times being a Sabres yeah. fan for sure. So Florida plus 120 is uh, Pete's best bet. Mine is going to be Washington, Philadelphia over six, uh, minus 120. Uh, I like that one quite a bit. I mean, we've been on these flyer overs lately. They've got all their offensive artillery back. Giroux, Lawton, Konechny, Voracek. Uh, go on down the list. Nolan Patrick even is starting to get some Good scoring chances. I think the puck's going to start going in for him a little bit too for the Flyers. And their defense is regressing. And Carter Hart, we've talked about him, not had the great season that he had last year. And I think Washington, Samsonov is confirmed in net. I don't know if I, I love that. Uh, Samsonov hasn't played much hockey this season. And when he's been in there, he hasn't been necessarily a shutdown goalie. And I think Washington will find the back of the net, and so will Philly in this game. We'll go Capitals, Flyers, over six, minus 120. That'll be my best bet for this Sunday, March 7th NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to our special guest for joining us. We appreciate it. Everyone in the chat that tunes in live, thank you on YouTube. If you can't watch the show live on YouTube, make sure you download the podcast version of the Ice Guys, available on all major podcast providers. For our special guest, Pete, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll be talk to you again tomorrow on Monday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.